Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, Bills Mafia. Welcome to the Mafia Cast, part of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Appreciate you coming in here. Guys, we got a playoff game this weekend. We pulled it out. How are you guys doing today? Great, man. <laughs> a lot better than I was doing Sunday night, I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing like wear marks in my carpet in my living room from pacing <laughs> around so much during the football games. It's it, and, and I texted you guys this too. I'm way too young to this, have these kind of heart problems and blood pressure issues. I think I hit my head on a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't think I, no. I, I don't know if my heart can keep taking this kind of this kind of thing. But uh, oh. Richard, yeah, happy victory Thursday since we are live on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. First, we want to kind of get into a little just, you know, get away from the games and, and talk, I guess um, – what would you call it? Just your part of your fandom, if you will. But uh, before we get into that, I do want to just kind of throw it out there. Number one, if you're listening right now, if you're on the, the live feed where you listen to this podcast, thank you. Please hit the like and subscribe on whatever whatever platform you are uh, listening to your podcast and vidcast from. We appreciate that. Uh, Super Chats are, are, of course, open. Again, just wanted to thank you uh, from the Mafia cast uh, for your support and being part of this. Uh, we do, we, we love doing this. It's a lot of fun interacting with Bills fans. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Casey, you got anything to add? Tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends. That's what Casey I usually say that for the end of the show, but tell your friends. That's the <laughs> only. That's the only way that this kind of stuff works. You know, every we're all friends with bills fans. You know, one person tells one, one tells two, two tells four, you know, that's how this kind of thing grows. You know, we're not, we're not looking, we've, none of us have gotten into this to become famous, to become rich. You know, it, we do this because cause it's fun, you know, right. like bills mafia is family. Like we, when Ronnie and I started this podcast originally, it was basically two guys talking in a bar, you know, just had, just having a conversation with 
our thoughts were about just what's going on with the team, what made us love the team, you know, and that like that's that's half the fun. We're trying we we treat this as a tailgate, so it's we're glad that as many people come have been along for the ride as they ha- as have been and continue to be. I see random yeah. people, you know, bill a shirt and get a go bills and then get chatting a little and it's or like customers I'm working for homeowners and stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, you in a podcast or anything like that? So I'm always, always trying to tell everybody. <laughs> and even if they're not, you know, they, they might get yeah. into it, you know, if it's not their thing, yeah. I was never huge in a yeah. podcast or anything like that until Casey kind of got me listening to a few of them. And uh, yeah, it really is cool. Informational, you know, all, all different stuff. A lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. And you mentioned- it keeps us from bugging our wives. Yeah. <laughs> and I know they appreciate that part. Yeah. There is some aspect of this, uh, of that as well. Uh, the whole go, go bills part of the, the bills mafia that I, that's, it's a lot of fun. When we travel back to Buffalo for that uh, week two game against the Raiders and we're going through the airports, my kids have never been there, my girls. So uh, when we're walking through the airports and people see us all decked out in our, in our bill stuff and, Random strangers saying "Go Bills!" My kids thought it was the coolest thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were mm-hmm. so excited. In fact, one of them was so excited about it, she forgot to say it back, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, you can't let it be my hanging." So we all like "Go Bills!" <laughs> back behind us. Don't even know who said it, but we... <laughs> that's what that's got to be one of my favorite parts. Of it's a must. It's a Bills must. Mafia. Yeah, it, it it's, is. It's, it's cool. fun. Um, so with that, let's kind of you know, move on into our first topic here. We were going to get into the games. I do already see some comments in the comment section regarding the Steelers upcoming game. We're going to get to that. Um, but before we go into that, we just kind of want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, and I, I want to hear from the people in the comments as well. If you're watching right now, uh, throw in a comment. We'll put it up on the screen because I we want to know who is your favorite Bills player, your first favorite Bills player, and why. And if you say Josh Allen, that's going to tell us how young you are in your fandom. <laughs> but no, for real. Uh, so we'll start with Casey. Do you have somebody? Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready for this. All right. Well, we're gonna let Casey start us off. Go for it, man. So my first, first of all, like my family has like bled Bills since I was born, and my grandpa was a diehard Bills fan. He changed my dad from a Giants fan to a Bills fan when he met my mom. You know, the Bills have ran in, in my blood. And growing up, we always used to go to one game a year, my dad and my grandfather, my uncle and myself. And I remember getting my first jersey, and it was Eric Moulds. And it was, I mean, so like my first team that I can truly have memories of was the J.P. Lossman era with J.P. and Lee Evans, you know, all those guys, Eric Moulds. It, it It was so much fun because I didn't understand how bad we were like, but I could see <laughs> just how good individual like players were, how great yeah. Eric Moulds was, how just how good Lee Evans was, you know, and Lee, like, I you always saw the Tom Brady posters as a kid, the Ben Roethlisberger posters, you know, all, all like all those guys, and you no, know, it sucked living in Central New York, and like seeing teams that aren't from my like my state even like being put on posters in my schools and lee evans was put on a got milk poster in my school <laughs> like it it like it was just the coolest thing to me because i was like finally like it, it it made me it was like 
somebody else sees the greatness that I see, even at like the young age that I was at, I, like I knew he, how good he was. And like ever, like, so ever since like that poster, I was like, all right, like he's it. Like he, he was my guy. Like I was a ride or die for Lee Evans and Eric Moltz. Like those were like my go-to players every time. Like I, I loved them. And I'll like fight on their side to the, to the day I die. <laughs> Standing for Right. Uh, yeah, I know a lot of people probably uh, felt initially that way about Lee Evans. I remember he had um, uh, a couple of drops, and in the end zones that I think people weren't too too happy about. You know, it's you brought up that time frame, uh, and it just got me to to thinking about the players in that team from 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 then. Um, I'm gonna throw a, a, a Madden reference in here. I downloaded a Madden roster that somebody had built based on the 2005 uh, Bills roster. You look at that roster with Takeo Spikes, um, yeah, Fletcher, Eric Mould, uh, Fletcher, uh, Laurie Malloy, Willis McGahee. Yeah. Like, how did we not have a good team then? How did because we, we had good? terrible quarterbacks? JP Lossman was on the rise. <laughs> oh my god, I oh. thought he was, dude. I'm looking through I some thought... rosters now, and there is some bad quarterbacks. I really thought JP Lossman was it, but like I'm like pleading the fifth of the age, like in just ignorance of like of the age yeah. and truly not knowing good football, I guess. Anytime there's like, a new QB oh though, God, there's, so good. there's yeah, a hype around exa- it though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, because I yeah. had the same feeling yeah. about like Trent Edwards when he replaced JP Lossman. And then when five and oh happened, I was like, let's go. I was like, screw Tom Brady. I was like, we have Tom Brady. <laughs> And then we went like one and eleven the rest of the year. Well, I, I was I would follow it by saying we went five and zero. Oh, then Trent got his world rocked, and then yeah, we lost every true. game after that. Uh, I honestly do think he would have been maybe the guy. I'm not saying like Tom Brady level or anything like that, but I think the team maybe had our franchise quarterback with him. Had it not been for that hit, I think that hit literally messed him up in his career. Um, no way to prove that, obviously, but uh, there's. We got a couple of people in here. So Richard Rush, well, I'm one comment so far. Richard Rush, favorite player, Thurman Thomas, Osman College, and the pros. Uh, yeah, I remember watching Thurman Thomas at uh, Oklahoma State. And um, uh, trivia question: Who was Thurman Thomas's backup? Barry Sanders. There you go. Wow. Backing up, yeah, Barry Sanders backup to Thurman Thomas. It's, it's just wild that the the uh, <laughs> Oklahoma State had that backfield. Um, Mike, who's, uh, who's your, who's your first favorite? Oh, so I'm really glad Casey said Eric molds. Um, because that, that is definitely a player that I, that kind of stood out to me. So I'm glad he mentioned him, but I, and, and I also want to just throw out there that there was a lot of Tom Brady, uh, being thrown around. Um, <laughs> but, but aside from the molds thing and all that, I, I always feel, I don't know. I feel like it's, it, it has to do with something, uh, with Brady. Um, and I and I've always been more of like a, you know, more more on the defensive side of things. Uh, so um, some of the players and and I've been, I've been a casual Bills fan. I I liked other teams, you know, when I was a lot younger. But I had very close friends and family that liked the Bills, and I really started following them like in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, but what stood out to me the most uh, when I first really started watching Bills games is defensive players that could lay some good hits. And uh, one of those players that laid a good hit 
uh, in in those years was the Nate Clements hit on Tom Brady. So uh, that's those defensive players that can lay the smack have always always stood out to me. And and to see a cornerback uh, that can fly around make make plays like that, uh, he did special teams. He did some returning. Um, so, so he was he was definitely. Uh, I, I want to say one of my first, if not my first favorite uh, Bills Bills player. So um, other than that, I could go back a few more years, but there's there's no there's no player where like I could I could just pick the specific play. I mean, I know that video circles around the internet, but <laughs> that that's really one of the ones that I that I remember at first. One of the first real, you know, good memories of of the Bills. <laughs> Yeah, here's uh, we've got another one here from uh, from Joe. First favorite player was Jarris Bird. Amazing rookie season was fun to watch. Yeah, talk about a I don't want to say one hit wonder because he did have a few good seasons, but I don't think he lasted with the team much more than three or four years. And I, I correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember for sure, but I think he signed a deal somewhere else after he went. He his, went to the Saints. On, the Saints. Uh, that's after, right. After his rookie deal and just shell of himself comparatively. I mean, he started, yeah. but I mean, it was never like the first two seasons he was in Buffalo when he was hands down the best safety in the league. Yeah, he was he was awesome uh, to watch for sure. Um, you know, I, for me, my time goes back a little bit before you guys. Obviously, you know that, and um, it, it's. I think I've said this before, but Steve Tasker uh, and Tasker's been on the show before too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd love to get him back on sometime. But for me, it was him. And <laughs> the only reason was a lot of the same things that, that I like about Josh Allen. And, I mean, I even hate to say this, but even Tom Brady. When I see a player with that fiery competitive edge that's, like, above and beyond everybody else on the, the football field, that, to me, is what gets my attention. And that is how Steve Tasker played the game. Plus the fact that he was no bigger than me. <laughs> Like he was yeah. you what, know, 5'10, 160 pounds, soaking wet. Uh, he might have been a little bit bigger than that, but I know he was like 5'9, 5'10. Uh, so for me, being like, you know, 12, 13, 14 year old kid at that time and seeing someone like him excelling and doing so well and getting it done at the NFL level made me feel like, you know what? I may not be six foot four, I may not be 240 pounds, but there's a place in the NFL for guys like me. Obviously, it didn't work out for me, but. <laughs> Um, oh, the biggest shocker. difference, it's never too late. Yeah, Ronnie. yeah I, I don't know about that. The biggest difference between me and Tasker, he's a sub four, four guy. I was never, ever no. that fast. <laughs> that, that makes a difference, especially when you're, you know, five foot 10, hundred, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, Steve Tasker for me, uh, was the guy and we've got some other ones in here, uh, from spin his, his favorite was Eric molds. And I'm glad he brought up Eric molds because I do want to kind of go back to that. We've talked about best receivers in the NFL or on the Bills team before. And I have made this point a few times that to me, it's Eric Moulds. I know we've had some great receivers over the time. There's Elbert Davinion going back to the 60s and, and early 70s. Obviously, Andre Reid, James Lofton. Uh, but Eric Moulds, Diggs, well, I'm, or, yeah, current teams. Moulds <laughs> um, did so much more with, absolutely, like you just said it, the quarterback play that we had for 20 years, almost 20 years, was atrocious. For him to do the things that he did and put up the numbers that he did and defenses knowing that he was going to be the guy and he still got it done, 
to me, he's hands down the best uh, receiver to play in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. So here's something that I want to show you guys and everybody. This is how far back my fandom goes. I'll get it up to the screen. <laughs> nice. There's McGahey Evans. Yo. I like seeing McGahey in there too because I, Dude, as you were talking it, about like the bad quarterbacks, like I feel like that's why you know our, our, we used to be a really more of a run-based team. I mean, we're coming around to that uh, a little bit more now, but and running backs like that, I think, stood out too. Um, you know, in years past. Oh yeah, yeah. You look at the history during that the drought. We had McGahey, Travis Henry was really good. Obviously, Marshawn Lynch was in there. Fred Jackson was in there. We had C.J. Spiller have a couple of good seasons. That's one area that Buffalo's always been pretty good at was the running backs, even going back to Thurman Thomas and before that, O.J. Simpson, and before that, Cookie Gilchrist. I mean, there's a long, long line of really, really good running backs, uh, not only in Bill's history but in the league, period. And, uh, I mean, we're near two of James Cook. Maybe he can, he can make on get on that list as well. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, imagine Eric Moulds with Josh Allen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it would be it would be over. Like, be <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Stefan Diggs. He's one of those guys, like we were just talking about, with that fiery competitive edge. But, like, he just doesn't have the size like Eric Moulds had. So, like, yeah. in traffic, yes, Diggs is always going to get in there. He's always going to get dirty. He's always going to go for the, that, the catch. But we just don't have a guy like Moulds anymore. Uh, and I think if they could find somebody like that, like a DK Metcalf, for example, uh, that's the one thing in this passing game. And maybe, who knows, maybe Justin Shorter can be that guy. We'll have to wait till next year, but that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Roy, I will have to throw this up. Come on, guys. You know Robert Foster was our best ever wide receiver. <laughs> oh, man. You know, for a hot minute, it looked like he was going to be. Hey. I think for like three games, it looked like he was going to be. That is a prime example of why Josh Allen is one of the best because he made a guy off the streets essentially look like maybe an all star. He got him paid. Miami threw a a nice little bag at him, you know, and he went to Miami and he he did his job and crapped the bed for us. Like, that's exactly, (laughs) I think, you know, I think they, they knew what they were doing with that. Yeah, uh, Joe Cribs was another running back that uh, I, I didn't mention a while ago. Yeah, one of these days we, we should do maybe probably this offseason. Maybe we'll do a top running backs in Bill's history, do like a five top ten or something like that, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of history there for those guys. But um, um, Spin also adds in here DK is injury prone. Yeah, I'm just talking like that physical type. Yeah, that, yeah. you know the, the, yeah. the bigger guy, but. <clears throat> What are some of the other the names? Uh, another one that sticks out for me was Don Beebe. I'm sure you guys have seen that that yeah. clip in the Super Bowl. Uh, another one of those guys that, for me, that I, I enjoyed watching, you know, aside from the Thurman Thomases and the Bruce Smiths and Leon Sills and, you know, all of those guys. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's me, Don Beebe, Steve Tasker. Thurman Thomas is probably one of my all-time favorites. Well, my guy right here on my shirt, Andre Reid. I mean, he, I don't know, like, obviously when you're a kid, you know, you want the ball. You want to be, you know, you want to be the playmaker and like seeing Andre Reid. And like, I was too young when he was playing, playing to know or really appreciate it. So as I got older, you know, going back and watching stuff, like I could see and like 
truly appreciate just how good he was. And like it, it just it just made me fall in love with him even more. So I mean, if I was maybe Mike's age, you know, five, another five years older, Andre Reed probably would have been my answer for this. Yeah. And while we're mentioning receivers, we can't leave out Stevie Johnson. Stevie, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my all-time favorites mm. as well. Just because, yeah, like, his story is what attracts me to him. Like, being, like, not even in the league, basically, and stocking shelves and, and just battling on the practice. And I remember reading during the preseason – Oh, Stevie Johnson is, you know, working the corners over in practice. I'm like, why is this guy not getting a chance on the field? And we keep hearing about him. Uh, and, you know, finally he got his chance and we, you know, it's all history from there. Some other receivers that were mentioned here, Peerless Price. I'm pretty sure that's spelt wrong, but that's okay. We still love you, Spin. Uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, auto correct. Yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, Peerless Price was a fun one too. Like him and Molds together was a, was a good, was a good duo Mm -hmm. and some other ones, Nate Clements, Stevie Johnson's name came up. Mm. Um, Yeah. I uh, definitely agree with Nate. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put this one up here. Frankie Matthews says Andre Reed revolutionized what over the middle means. That is absolutely fact. Like Andre Reed was one of the toughest football players I've ever seen and watched play. That was phenomenal. He would take a hit. And in those days, Concussion or not, nobody checked, nobody cared. They got on the field and they played and they continued mm-hmm. to play. So you think that dude ever got a concussion with that big old head? No way. There's way too much cushioning. <laughs> Just want to shout out Corey here watching. Go Bills, brother. He's a huge Bills fan. So glad to see him in here. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what Spence comment is there. <laughs> Don't know. Um, but I'm not going to repeat some of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this offseason, we're going to have a lot of fun, I think, with you know talking about some of the, the, the past teams. Hopefully, we'll spend some time comparing this uh, potential Super Bowl champion team this year to, to their past teams. Uh, and, and speaking of which, I actually just put up an article uh, this morning on Buffalo Lowdown ranking the top five division champions in Bill's history. I'm not going to spoil it here so um you guys gotta go go check that out but uh i'll just throw it out there though since we're on the subject what it put you guys on the spot probably but if you had to say who was your best bills team as far as divisional titles who would you put at the top division title winning teams just division title yeah of the last five years or all time all time. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, this, oh, this could take some time. Okay. <laughs> well, the recency bias of the first year that so we take swept, the recent. when we swept the East, like that, I had not, I don't think I had ever had that feeling like of being a fan, like being a fan before, like feeling so untouchable. And then when we did it the second year in a row, I was like, oh, my God, this is how Patriots fans feel. I was like, this is amazing. I was like, no wonder they talk all this crap. They can. Like, they can't be touched. You know, and, like, even this year, like, I know we lost, like, to the Patriots and the Jets, but, like, it was like I 
flute games, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut type of thing to me. And like, I was like, oh, I was like, you know, like we lost, but like it's bound to happen eventually. But like, yeah, we're still so much better than them. It's so much more. It's so much fun. So I would say the first year that we swept, that we swept the East with Josh Allen was probably my favorite. That was 21, wasn't it? Or 20 or both. Did we sweep both years? Yeah, 2021. Yeah, 2021. Yeah. Well, I will say that some of the current teams, I won't say which one, did make the top five. There's also one from the Super Bowl teams, and there's also one going back to the 60s. So, yeah, check that out. Um, and then and maybe next week you guys can think on it and, <laughs> and, and say who you would put in that in that list we can compare. Uh, but – Let's let's move on and and first of all let's talk about the Dolphins game. We kind of mentioned a little bit at the the outset of the, the show, and you mentioned the heart attack and 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 all of that. Was there a point in that game for either one of you where you're like, "Yep, we're this is we're not pulling this one out." Nope. Mm, I, I never really lost hope. I just kind of said, you know, second half we're going to get it together. <laughs> just the the, yeah. the team as a whole was playing too well like it was two dumb throws and one missed throw by Josh from being 21 like 17-0 you know that that 80 that like giant bomb to digs and the two interceptions yeah. you know like if if yeah he hit if he hits digs and they call that pi um, on whoever tackled Dawson Knox before the ball even like was two yards from him, they were letting him play. Like it was like they they could have been up fourteen seventeen zero. Yeah. I mean, it, instead they were down like whatever it was, you know, seven zero or ten seven. They just missed on a couple plays. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like so, I never like I never felt like we didn't have control. I felt like we were the better team the entire night. It even was though just it was one a little, those, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Are we going to make too many mistakes? Are yeah. are the Bills going to bill and beat themselves? No, that 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 <laughs> was you know, that's yeah. the main that was the main issue. But like you could tell, like Josh, like Josh was settling in, and then that second half, yeah. he just came out like they were on a freaking mission in that second half, and like there were, and then the, the when the punt return happened, there was zero chance we were losing that. <laughs> yeah, zero. I, yeah. Well, I was going to ask if there was a turning point, and that would have to be it. Like that was the moment, oh, you're like, oh yeah, we're, we've got this. Yeah, this this is done. Even though it was um, uh, sloppy at times, yeah, it's still a solid improvement from the week before against Patriots. For me, so, it's just it. I hate to say, it, but it's more of the same. And and Casey, you mentioned it. The team has played well almost every single game. It's just a couple of plays here, or there, a turnover, or a, what the heck are you doing, Josh? Moment. And I mean, I was texting you guys. I was getting frustrated. Like, come on, Josh. Yeah. What are you? Like, like happy. Takes a couple just to I, get in that rhythm, I, you know. Well, and they weren't, especially the one that digs or not digs um, to uh, to Gabe Davis. Like, you could watch the replay, and he literally was in mid motion of throwing him. He even looked over there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And maybe maybe Davis was supposed to sit down in that spot. We don't know that. Yeah. But every single week, it seems to be more and more of the same. 
But you're right. We dominated the game statistically. It was up and down the field. And uh, by halftime, we should have been up 28 to 7. I mean, it was, yeah, it was impressive. And then that return happened. Okay, I have to tell the story. Speaking of return, so we're sitting there. It's me, my wife, uh, my two girls, and their and their boyfriends are are here. Um, unfortunately, Ashley and her and she had to go back home. And then Chris and my other daughter, she had to go back home over the weekend too. But um, so we're all sitting there, six of us, we're watching the game. And, and for me, when the team isn't doing well, and I'm with my family, I tend to just kind of. Well, one, I quiet down a little bit, and then F-bombs sometimes will just spew from my mouth. <laughs> and I maybe bang my fist on the couch. I, Yeah. Um, if you if you kind of fill the armchair of our, of our couch, we have the couch, it's like a sectional, and we have some of them recline. So I've got my section of the couch. My wife has hers, and everybody else just kind of fills in. My armrest on the side, there's a little dip where I broke the wood underneath the fabric, um, and that happened in the 13-second game. When they hit that field, I, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah take out this. some of the staples. You get in there with a little wood glue and pre-drill some screws, and you're good. <laughs> it's it's good, yeah. Um, it's actually perfect now because of the way it dips a little bit, the controller sits perfectly in there like it was Ooh, meant to sit there. Nice, there you go. <laughs> it was on purpose. Anyways, so we're, so we're sitting there watching the game. It's fourteen to seven, and. You guys know I'm I'm on social media a lot. I'm on Twitter and I'm constantly you know messaging and posting um, whatever you want to call them tweets or X's I guess who knows. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it. And Matt Perino, those of you know who Matt Perino is, uh, one of the hosts on the the Shout Podcast, it pops up a notification on my phone. Matt Perino, 96 yard punt return touchdown. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> We're watching the streaming on Peacock because right now our local market is in a contract dispute with DirecTV, so um, we don't have the channel. So I had to have to watch it on Peacock. So there's a little bit of a delay, uh, and that happens. And I'm like, oh god! And everybody looks at me. It's like, what? It's like, oh, nothing, nothing at all. Oh man! <laughs> what the so then about, you know, 10 seconds, 15 seconds later, whatever, it happens. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And, now, you know, we're all screaming and yelling. <laughs> it so that's sucks, to me a couple doesn't of it? Time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was oh fun. It's um, our modern day uh, means. Yeah. It's like when you're checking <laughs> fantasy football. and, and like, Yeah, you got to turn them notifications off. <laughs> yeah, you check fantasy football. All of a sudden, you got an extra point. You're like, "Oh, I, I wonder where that comes from." You look up, and James Cook rushes for ten yards. You're like, "Damn it!" <laughs> Josh Allen's in the red zone. What? I didn't know. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's a few comments in here I want to get to here in just a moment, but before we do, I want to kind of touch a little bit on. I, I know when you look at the stat line, uh, Josh Allen's stat line. In fact, I was watching. The, the the replay of the game and he had it showed up it popped up there I think it was three three incomplete passes by the end of the the or by halfway through the first quarter he only had eight for the whole game so the rest of the way for three and a half quarters he only had five incomplete passes but I've brought this up and I've had some pushback from some 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 people to me that game was won by the defense. Yes, Josh Allen's numbers look great, but he also tried to lose that game for us with the turnovers. The defense bailed him out, in my opinion. The defense saved that game. And, and to me, this season as a whole has been saved by the defense. Yeah. Kudos and props to Sean McDermott for that. But what do you guys think? Well, I mean, we yeah. got them off the field in the second half. 
and we kept the ball. Yeah. I think the Dolphins only had the ball like seven minutes in the second half. So we had it like, plays. yeah. And, and we just, we were kind of like neck and neck with plays in, in uh time of possession in, in the first half. And then we just sort of, we just kept it away from them. Like you said, defense was making the stops and yeah, we had the ball for <laughs> man. 20, 23 minutes of the, of the, you know, second half. Yeah. There, so. Yeah. It, it, the game should have been way out of, out of hand in the first half. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my opinion on it was that the defense kind of saved the day again. Uh, Casey, you oh, have yeah. anything else you wanted to, to comment on it? I wouldn't necessarily oh, say the defense, David, like saved the game. I mean, the defense, I mean, the, did the defense hold, you know, a team that scored 70 points to uh, 14 points? Yes. I mean, that, I mean, the defense played great. Um, but at the same time, you still got to give Josh's, you know, the praise. When, I mean, in the fourth quarter, he was the one that sealed the game, making the passes, I mean, making the passes and completing, you know, getting, like getting the third downs. Um, I mean, that, that last rush where Cater Kohu, I mean, made, we've all seen him made that business decision and got out of his way and literally <laughs> sealed the game. He said, no, like, you have yeah, the first down. <laughs> like, quite literally, like, I, I'm shot. Like, I would be so pissed if I was Mike McDaniel. I, I would open up meetings on Monday morning just showing that play and saying, this is how you lose a division title. I, I mean, seriously, like, if uh, like if, you have, if you're not willing to, like, throw your body, like, put your body on the line like that, like, in the most meaningful game of the season, what are you even doing on the field? Yeah, you know? He's scared. Yeah. Well, you, you remember, uh, Cater Crew was the same one that Stefan Diggs put in the spin cycle and yeah. uh, in their first matchup. The kid can't tackle, apparently. <laughs> apparently no, apparently not. Yeah. Um, I mean, did Josh? No, I, you know, I mean, I, did Josh like hurt the defense? Yeah. I mean, he made them play hard. Like he made he made it more stressful on them. But then, to Mike's point again, I mean, he also took a lot of the pressure off them by playing most of the second half and not giving the defense or the Miami's offense a chance to go down the field and put more points on the board. I I truly think it was more of like a 50-50 game, but I can I understand where you're coming from, where you like where you think the defense like saved the day. Well, and mm. even after that that fourth and thirteen conversion, that run he did, Buffalo didn't convert on that fourth and whatever it was, and the Dolphins had two minutes, minute and a half opportunity, and the Bills defense shut the door, gave up a couple of big plays, and then the pick happened. Um <clears throat> Well, there was a couple of defensive stops and then the pick. But either way, the defense shut the door. They sealed the win to me. Again, not to take anything away from Josh Allen. I, I love Josh Allen. And and I, I tweeted this out after the game. No player I, it, currently, I'm sure there have been some players in the past in the Bills team, but currently makes me drop more F-bombs than Josh Allen, but on the very next play makes me fall in love with him all over again. That's <laughs> yeah. who he is. <laughs> And it is incredibly frustrating. If I'm, I'm telling you, if he can ever get that under control, and not turn the ball over as much as he does, sky's the limit. And like we could be talking Bill Super Bowls, five, six of them. Honestly, I really truly believe that. But he's got to get those turnovers under control. Think of, get that well, rhythm think, going. Think about this. If he cuts his interceptions in half, he throws nine 
in the season, which is like, you know, that's a great number. I mean, that that's yeah. a fantastic number. So, but you say, you know, maybe four of those, five of those turn into like touchdowns, you know, that if that happened, there's no question who's MVP this year. The only, Absolutely. the only push against Josh is his interceptions. One, yeah. he doesn't lead the league in interceptions. Two, he doesn't lead the league in turnovers. So, like, what I don't understand, he has three more interceptions than Tua, two more than Patrick Mahomes, like six more than um, Lamar Jackson. But Lamar, <laughs> Lamar Jackson has more fumbles lost than Josh has fumbles altogether on the season, lost and recovered. So, like, it, it's it's one of those things, like, interceptions are kind of like a Q, like wins for a QB. They kind of, like, it, yeah. it's more of like an eye test, whether they, like, they deserve the for yeah i definitely think part of that is playing down to other teams where he was just carelessly throwing away or throwing around the ball in the patriots game i'm not saying that's every time he throws a pick it's because he's being careless you know definitely you know misses on the throw but definitely playing the patriots they weren't as you know the urgency wasn't there or whatever you're just trying to you know you're more relaxed just trying to see what you can do you know, and, and, and test out things, I guess. See the yeah. Patriots game. I think he was going for the kill shot. Yeah. I think he, I think he was trying too hard to spark something. To well, no, and you like, can get away with it if it fails though. Well, ex- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like he, like he tried like, I mean, maybe there's like another level to this to where like, he's like, even if I do turn it over a, I trust my defense enough to get a stop. Yeah. And I trust me and the offense enough to go out and make up for it on the next drive, you know, but like, I, I don't know. I guess we're all just making excuses for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I did see an interesting stat. Uh, I think it was earlier today, actually. And I wish I had, a, I wrote down the numbers really quick, but um, I didn't get a chance to, they put up, and I think it was on Twitter. They put up Josh Allen's interception numbers through his first six seasons compared to um Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, yeah. name some other great ones, and he's like right there with them. Um, and obviously, Manning brought his numbers way down. Favre leads the, the world in interceptions for a career, so I, he never really changed. And I've heard a lot of people make comparisons, uh, Allen to Favre, because of that. But there's a new quarterback that I've seen compared to Josh, or Josh is being compared to, popping up here as of late. Um, and I don't know if you guys really have an opinion on it because you probably didn't watch this guy play, but John Elway, uh, I've seen his name popping up a lot more lately uh, as somebody that the, the people are comparing Josh to, which to he me, that's, that's, yeah, that's right up there. Like uh, John Elway is one of the best. But again, the one thing that separates Allen from those quarterbacks, Favre, Elway, or any other quarterback currently on the field right now, with the exception of maybe Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, is the running. But either one of those two, they don't have the passing that, uh, you know, at the level, the passing level that, that Josh has. Or as many hurdles. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would personally say, I mean, being as unbiased as I can be, I think the only better running back I and mean, the only better running quarterback in the league is Lamar. I don't think Hurts is like any better than Josh at running. I mean, Look at the stats. I mean, they, they were they were right there together. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Josh had more yards. They had the same amount of touchdowns. Only 
what was it, nine of Hertz's came from within two yards of the end zone, and Josh's like third yeah. eleven of them yeah. came from out like that's a good point. Like, he might be a little faster out. than Josh, but but you know, it's kind of just like a different style of running, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, Josh is the best quarterback in the league. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Yes. Yes. All right. I agree. All right. I agree. <laughs> uh, another thing that came up uh, too in some of the conversations that I have uh, with some with some fans is uh, they're worried about because Josh Allen is running more now since uh, Joe Brady took over, so we're starting to see Allen kind of unleashed, if you will. And of course, there comes the fans coming back that he needs to stop running because he's going to get hurt. Look at Cam Newton. Uh, so it kind of got me curious. So I looked up Cam Newton's passing numbers. Allen has almost surpassed them, uh, especially per per average. Cam Newton, I believe, had 144 games in his career. Allen is at 93, 94. And uh, to me, the biggest difference and why I'm not worried about Josh Allen's career falling off the table is because Allen's a way better passer than Cam Newton ever was. Yes, there's going to be a point where Allen can't get it done as, as well as he does with his legs. He's going to have to rely almost entirely on his arm and become more of a drop-back passer. I think he can do it because we've seen him do it. Um, Newton is a career when, below 60% pass, pass, pass completion rate. like 59.3, I think it was. Only four times in his career has he ever been over 60%. Allen's been over 60% already four times, and he's played six seasons. So I'm not really worried about that. But – the only thing Cam could do at the end of his career was run. So realistically, yeah. like, when could we even expect Josh to fall off when it comes to running the football? Because if that's the last thing that Cam can do, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Cam is a specimen of a human, like, just when it comes to physique, you know, and everything. Josh also isn't some pot belly pig, you know, like, he, like, he, <laughs> he may not have a six-pack abs and look like a chiseled god, but he obviously he keeps himself in great shape. He's way faster than he looks. Like I mean, it, it's in, when he gets going full speed, it's like Derek covers Henry. ground. You know, you just you just yeah. you know he just got to let that momentum come up, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, look at him go! Like it looks like nobody can catch him. So yeah. if he can uh, just maintain, you know, a certain a certain physique to where he can still move, I. I don't see his legs giving up on him like too much. That's a fair point. I I want to address here, uh, Roy, I'll put it back up here again. Uh, if Allen is running 10 plus times in a game, then to me the rest of the offense isn't doing their job. To me that depends on how those are being done. Are those called runs? Then I'm fine with that. If he's having to run for his life because the offensive line isn't protecting, then I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I think every run is different, though. Is it because right. nobody's getting open, so he's like, I'm out of here? Is it because the, the the pocket's collapsing, so he's like, I'm out of here? Or is it a call run? So I, I wouldn't necessarily say that the rest of the team isn't doing their jobs. Um, I, I do agree that there are some instances probably where he takes off because that's his only option because nobody else is doing it. But um, there's been a lot more call runs lately, though, too. Can we just stop like? everybody complaining remember earlier in the year josh stop running so much and then he stopped yep. running and everybody's like josh you need to run the football more yeah. and here he is running the football Absolutely. more. Like, no josh stop running you're gonna get hurt <laughs> oh my god everybody shut up and let joe brady do his goddamn job yeah <laughs> josh is gonna be fine he's a, not a child 
He's a 6'5", 245-pound <laughs> wildebeest that will destroy anybody that says he can't run. He's a buffalo. So just, just let him freaking run the football. I worry about the defensive well, backs getting hurt. Exactly. Even linebackers. <laughs> All right, Mike, you got to clip this little piece out. That's going up on uh, social media later. That's a good oh, piece man. right Mike. there. Yeah. I, I'm with you, though. You're right. Like it, it, The fan base complains one way or the other. Either direction you go, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Roy says, damn it, I'm getting old. I'm allowed to complain. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, yeah. Um let's uh let's we have completely gone off the rails once again. Uh we were talking about the, the Dolphins game. Uh we have a couple other things we want to get to. Of course, obviously we want to talk about the upcoming game. Uh, before we do that, I don't know. What do you guys want to do? You want to get into the coaching carousel first or talk about the upcoming game? I just want to thank everyone for watching so far. And if you're just tuning in, welcome to the Mafia Cast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast. Hit the like button. Hit the like and subscribe. Subscribe, Share. We love doing this. We got more commenters every week. You know, it seems seeing new names here and there. So we just, we just love it. Thank you guys. All right. Now we can move on. That's awesome. All right. (laughs) Moving forward. Let's go ahead and jump into the coaching carousel. Um, Yeah. I didn't do do this on purpose. I didn't do this on purpose, but I, I realized as this show was starting and I was going through the banners, I am wearing the gray hoodie in honor of Bill Belichick. Oh my God. <laughs> Obviously it's Bill's, but Hey, you know, the hoodie, <laughs> that's fine. The hoodie. The I hoodie guess we got to start there. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely think you got to start there. So it's you, official or like, it's just, it's, it's official. I watched, uh, right. I yeah. watched the press conference. Yeah. And yep. it was, and it was mutual. Right. So, but you guys remember a couple of years ago when, Brady left. I mean, Belichick went in and Kraft, and he and Kraft had a meeting. And Belichick came out and said, "We have a plan as to when I'm going to leave." And nobody knew whether that meant, you know, a time period like a certain time period, like he's all right, he's done after 2020, like in the beginning of 2023 or 2024, or if it was when he gets, you know, the wins record, or if this happens or that happens. Nobody knew the answer. And we obviously never will, whether it's, okay, you have to have three losing seasons in a row and then we're going to get rid of you. You know, may, maybe that truly is it, but like, we'll, we'll never know. So, yeah. But once I saw, I, I have to say, once Nick Saban retired on yesterday, on Wednesday, I just had a feeling that something was coming with Belichick. Yeah. I don't know why, but I was like, it just seems too... It Wait, would be weird. it'd be weird if I don't know. It just seemed right that the two of them they, would go out at like the yeah. same time. They they have some stat lines that are similar too, right? They're both like, are they six and nine in championships or something like that? I feel like there's some know. weird stat like that. Um, that like are lined up. Well, so yeah, that is kind of funny. Yeah, fourth most losses um, in history. Yeah, that's what happens when you coach one team for 24 years and then what? three other teams for an additional 15 you're in the league for 40 years. You're going to accumulate some losses. He's yeah. also number, yeah, he's I, also number two in wins. So, okay. You brought that up. Good segue. Is he the greatest coach of all time in your mind or no? Brady was the greatest not, quarterback. I mean, I mean are, Brady was know. the greatest quarterback, but those teams aren't as good with any other coach. They just clicked. I don't think so. 
everything aligned it, right it, and they just clicked. A team, there's a reason why a team never went 16 and 0 and then you know a 19 and 1, whatever it was, because that's how hard it is. Bill like brought his team like the closest it's ever come. I mean, he put I mean he put Tom Brady into positions where like all you had to do throw the five yard check down. You know, he taught he taught Brady and like etched it into him, just take what the defense gives you. Take you don't always have to take the kill shot. Balachek goes on, gets Randy Moss, and is like, go have fun. You know, <laughs> go do what you want to do. Like basically just go run the world. And like you saw what those that defense was able to do with an offense like that. I mean, we we give Belichick a whole bunch of crap as the GM for the teams that he's put together now, but look what he look what he drafted back then. He drafted Gronk, he drafted Aaron Hernandez. You know, look at all the defensive All Pros that he that he drafted. Mike Rabel, who I think is probably going to be the next head coach, and, uh, and for the Patriots. I mean, he's another one. He got inducted into the uh, the Patriots Hall of Fame. Um, but I, I just, I, I think he's, I think he's, my, he's my goat of coaches. I would say. So, I first of all, <laughs> reading from the, the, um, the commentary, uh, Bob O'Brien is not a fan of Bill Belichick, and I'm, that, I actually lean a little more towards what, you know, how Bob feels. However, I will throw in, I think Belichick's one of the greatest defensive minds, and to quote. Somebody and I wish I could remember to give credit where I saw it, but somebody said Belichick was his defenses it, were obviously phenomenal, but he had a supercomputer on the offense that he didn't have to worry about. Yes, being exactly. He didn't have to go get the best receivers. We saw what happened when he did for a season or two, but and even as you mentioned, the all pros on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know that they would have been all pros without Belichick. I think to me that's where his greatness if you will lies but i also grew up during a time when i watched bill parcells yeah. take a patriots team and a jets team and almost get super bowls with them he took a giants team and won a couple of super bowls and he didn't even have a hall of fame quarterback either time doing that phil sims jeff hosteller neither one of those guys are hall of famers you can even go back even further don shula he has the league's only perfect season he needed it with who can you guys name who the starting quarterback was the majority of that season I yeah. wish I could. I did know it at one point. Earl Morrill. Anybody ever heard of him? <laughs> Earl freaking Morrill. So no, not who I was thinking of. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> so to me, those are the guys that, that fall in that GOAT category. If we're talking strictly defense, absolutely Belichick is a GOAT. He is a huge part of why the Giants beat Buffalo in that first Super Bowl. Also part of it was because they had an, an smart offensive game plan the Giants did, and they kept the ball the, the, uh, in Buffalo. If I remember the numbers, Giants held the ball for over 40 minutes in that game. Buffalo averaged a point a minute If when you break it down that way. So even Belichick's defense, yeah, they good. held us 19 points, but we only had the ball for 19 minutes. <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I don't know. And then seeing how the team fell apart after Brady left and the fact that he went on to another team and won a Super Bowl immediately – yeah, I, Belichick is not who he is without Brady, in my opinion, and is definitely not the other way around. Well, Brady turned into a great player coach. Yeah, I mean, he just say kinda, that again. Brady, Brady kind of just went above and beyond Bill, you know. Yeah, I don't think that either of them would be 
as great as they are without the other. Right. You know, it, I mean, said, the it, stars aligned for them, and, and they clicked very I, well. And see, it was a very great thing. I understand I that like, Brady really true, went on. Though. Brady went on and won a Super Bowl, but what was the talk when he went and joined the Bucks? They were quite literally only a quarterback yeah. away. They had one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in football. They have what they had one of, if not the best wide receiver duo in football. They had Leonard Fournette, a great running back. They mm-hmm. and oh, oh, sorry, he brought Gronk with him, the best tight end of all time. <laughs> like, so yeah, uh, like Brady, like he was good, but like I attribute a lot of that to that, that entire team as a whole. I think the three of us could have coached that team to a Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, they went, they started, they started seven and six, but again, that's like getting like, finally everybody's adjusted to each other. You know, we all finally know everybody's like instincts, how they're going to play, run roots and do this and that and play together. And then look what happened. They just went on a huge freaking run, and won the Super Bowl. Wow. If, you, if they yeah, won, I... if they won three Super Bowls, there would be no denial. But the fact that he like he did it once, like, I'm, like it's a little iffy to me. Yeah. Well, he did it once because he was 53 years old. I know that's an exaggeration, but uh, we're getting really short on time. Uh, really yeah. quick, there's a whole yeah. bunch of coaches still um, openings too. But really quick, Pete do you guys Carroll, think he returns gone. next year? Rabel gone. Bill, yes. With Bill's going to go. Bill's going to go to the Chargers. I keep that saying Tennessee. Or, or or to the Falcons. Chargers or Falcons. I think if he wants if he wants the the record, the win record, which I don't blame him for chasing it if that's the case. I, I would too. Yeah, but if that's the case, there's no team of the openings other than the Chargers that's better suited to make a run right now. All they're really missing mm. is a good coach, to be honest. I would say I would say the Falcons would probably put him in a better situation to get that wins record. The Who's division, the Desmond Ritter, but they have a whole bunch of cap space this year. They've got draft, they got draft picks, and they've got draft. Um, oh no, I can't think of the word. They have uh, assets that they can trade away to move up in the draft. And but if it's purely if it's purely just for you know the win record. Go to the NFC South. Look how bad. I mean, nine and eight won that division. Nine and eight didn't even get the end of the playoffs in the AFC on the AFC side. So I think you go to the Falcons, you know, you trade up, you get a quarterback, and then you've got Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts on your offense with a fresh young quarterback, someone like Drake May. And that's a pretty damn good offense if you can yeah, get but the offensive coordinator to like. He's like he's them. like seventy two years old. He doesn't have time to develop a rookie quarterback. Now, yeah, right. a rookie quarterback could potentially come in and. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. But I understand what you're saying as far as the lack of competition in the, in the uh, NFC is definitely uh, part of the the equation there, but um, there was. There was something in here. Um, Roy Collins, Bob Greasy got injured early in that season. Yeah, we're talking about the 72 Dolphins. Yes, that is correct. Bob Greasy was the starting quarterback for the Dolphins that season. Got hurt. He did come back in the playoffs, I believe, in the Super Bowl. In fact, they they inserted him back into the game. Um, wish I can remember who that was playing. Uh, but I do remember watching the game. And I know it sounds funny to say I watched the game. 
You can watch every single Super Bowl on YouTube, people. Just FYI, go out there, search it up. It's the actual original broadcast. So you get all those old commercials. That's it's awesome. it's pretty it's fun really? actually. I really enjoy no, it. Me and my neighbor were, we're going that. through them. Yeah, Marble, this, summer, this a summer. Family dude. cigarette. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. lots of cigarette commercials. Uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's fun doing that. I think I'm up to Super Bowl twelve right now or thirteen somewhere around there. But let's get to this weekend's game because um, yes, yeah, Spence saying we can go as long as we want basically, and yeah, I guess technically we could. But anyways. Let's get into it. Let's get into Are it. You, I know we talked about this earlier in the week because Casey was giving Mike props uh, in our little texting group Aww. about the Bills going on the run. So I know what Mike will say as far as whether he saw this occurring or believed in it. Casey, were you like you were you on the fence? Kind of like I don't think this can happen, but maybe it could. I don't know. Where were you at? I was probably more like 75, 25 that this is going to happen, like that we were going to make the playoffs. I really never felt like – I never thought we were going to miss the playoffs. I'll say that. The division is what I was like, mm, this is looking kind of sketchy. Yeah. Like, I, I, was, I, was, I was worried, you know, for the division. But then, you know, the Dolphins drop a game and we pick up a game and Dolphins, you know – don't look good, and we pick up another game, and all of a sudden I was like, we're going to win this division. I was like, we're going to do this. And, yeah, I mean, Mike called it live on one of our pods weeks ago, months ago. We can go six and six into the bye, you know, into the bye. And And I even called a loss to the Eagles. I said, I'll take a loss to the Eagles because I want to see them again and beat them the second time. But I don't think they're going to make it. (laughs) Mike Mike called it perfect. I mean – that's the only we all thing need somebody like we all need somebody like that in our life that can be unrationally unrational <laughs> on your own on your side for you. I was trying to trying to like not not be overly confident, but still kind of confident we could pull it off. So I I, w- I was really trying to set myself up to not be heartbroken. You know, it, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like tiptoeing right on the edge. You know, <laughs> that's kind of that's. I mean, hey, what else what else can you expect from from the Bills, right? <laughs> Well, and that's kind of what I've been saying. Like, this is the last three years. This is exactly what they've done. For whatever reason, they, you know, I've heard people say, talk about when their back's against the wall, nobody plays better than this team. And that's what has to happen in order for them to play at the level that we know they can play. Every single year, it's the same story. Come out swinging and knocking people, like blowing them out 20, 30, 40 points. And then they get to the middle of the season and they lose to the Jets and they lose to the Patriots and they lose to the Broncos and they almost lose to the Giants. (laughs) And you're just left here like wondering what the heck. And, and I know a lot of people, maybe you want to attribute a lot of the turnaround to Joe Brady and that's fine. I do think he's changed the offense, but statistically the offense isn't much different. Really. We're still turning the ball over too. So it's a different style of offense versus what we had before. But I, to me, that's not really what turned things around. And I've already kind of said it to me, it was the defense, the defense. They finally figured out how to play with what they've got. They lost those guys early in the season, Trey white, um, Milano and Jones. Then they go out, they acquire Douglas, which that was a huge piece of all of this huge. Oh my God. Yeah. And they just figured out how to make things work with that group. Ty- Tyrell Dotson, 
it took him a little while too. Uh, mid-season, he started to come around and like, holy crap, this this kid can play linebacker. He's the number third. He's the third highest rated player on Pro Football Focus. And I know a lot of people don't put a lot of stock in the PFF, and that's fine. But they're not just handing out grades for the fun of it. They're not just pulling names out of a hat. And, oh, look, you get a ninety-three. Look here, you get a seventy-four. I, you know, that's not happening. But still, kind to of me, that's right. where <laughs> sometimes it does. I do agree with that. Sometimes it looks like, like where are you coming up? In fact, I was looking at it today because uh, I was working on an article uh, kind of related a little bit to some pro football focused stuff. Ed Oliver is the I want to say twenty-something rated uh, yeah. grade on on PFF. Yeah, he's third in the league in sacks as far as interior defensive linemen go. He's got like 60, I think it's 55 or 65 pressures. Like, I don't know exactly where they get their, their how they, I, well, if you go to Pro Football Focus and you read their little, I guess, disclaimer or whatever, it talks about what they do. They look at every single play and some things are weighted differently than others. So if I've got a guy who's for 50 plays, sucks it up for 40, He's okay, you know, he's not a detriment, but he's all right. But then 10 plays, he's like making a big time play. Give me that all day. Give me that yeah. all day long. A game changer. If it's at the right time. Makes yeah. it game changing. Yeah, just the right time, which that's what we've seen from Ed Oliver. That's what we've seen from AJ Epinesa. Clutch. He yeah, clutch. That's a good way to put it. But I don't know. Once again, we've gone off the rails. <laughs> Welcome to the Montefiast people. If you're still with us, hit the like, please hit the like button, share. Casey, what are they supposed to do? Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Really quick, score. We need some score predictions. We already had one up here from uh, from uh, Bob. I put it up on the screen a while ago, but now I've lost it. Hope I can find I don't it. Remember. It was 30, 31-12. 31-12. Yeah. All right, I'll, so, I'll go ahead and lead us off. I'll start okay. this one, you know, because I don't usually start it. So I'm going to say, obviously, I'm going Buffalo's winning this game. On paper, this should not be close. I do think the weather might change things up a little bit. Uh, not not necessarily in a negative way. I just think it'll slow the game down a little bit. So I'm going to say Buffalo wins this one in a snow fest, 23-10. All right. You ready, Case? Yeah, so I think I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the Steelers with the spread because the spread's nine and a half, and just because the weather, I th- I'm gonna go Buffalo twenty seven seventeen. All right, and so what Ron said uh, they we are better on paper. The only thing that I think they're better than us in is uh, kicking field goal percentage and uh, penalties or something like that. So you know if we can keep that stuff at bay, I think the Bills are gonna pull it out. In the snow, and we're gonna get a playoff victory, um, thirteen to twenty-four. I'm saying, Bills. Thirteen twenty-four. You know, um, I'm just really quick. Add one more thing in here, as far as kind of jumping ahead a little bit. I've seen some people talking about who they would rather face in the divisional round: KC or Cleveland. I believe those are the only two options. Ask you guys really quick. What do you think? Give me a who would you rather face, Casey? Kansas City, just because I would love because Mike and I, if we win, Mike and I are going next week. Period. Point blank. So <laughs> he's giving me no choice. It it would. <laughs> I like, like it. I like it. 
my answer is very easy for this question. Mahomes be able to come up to Buffalo for the first time. Oh my God, it would be electric. Yes, indeed. Spence saying we could face the Texans, so that may be accurate as well. I, I'm with you, though. I want to see KC because I want Josh Allen to knock KC out of the playoffs once and for all. To me, mm-hmm. I feel like that is the the one thing that Chiefs fans hang their hat on, and rightfully so. Allen can't beat Mahomes in the playoffs. I want I'd that to, to happen. For sure. And I don't want to play the Browns because I'm kind of rooting for them. It's my dad's team. It's the Flacco story. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cool story. I'll yeah. give you that. It's a cool I got story. it. I got All right, it. we're gonna get on our pack. Gotta beat Casey. <laughs> Once again, please hit the like, share, subscribe, whatever uh, platform you listen to your podcast, your vidcast on. And we, once again, you've been listening to the Mafia Cast. We are part of the Buffalo uh, Rumblings Network. Whole bunch of great shows on that network. Go check them out. Um, again, you can find those guys anywhere on on your podcast platforms. So for the Mafia Cast, we'll see you guys next week. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Pink hair is coming. Tell your friends. <laughs>